I know that some of you walked in this place and there are chains on your mind. There are chains on your finances. There are chains maybe on your familial relationships. But I believe that today, that God, if it don't happen today, it's going to start today. That freedom is getting ready to take place. In fact, somebody, if you believe it today, just give God praise and expectation today. If you believe it, I, I believe it. So look, I'm only going to get through the first verse today. But we're going to go line upon line over the next few weeks through the book of Galatians. God wrote it this way and I think we can understand it in a great way this way. So look, Galatians chapter 1. Say, I got it if you got it. The scripture will also be on the screens for you. We stand in honor of God's word because it's through this that we learn of him and what he has to offer us. So the Bible says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ everybody say Jesus and God the Father who raised him from the dead Paul is teaching theology right there just in the, in the introduction he's making it clear that that uh, that that God indeed that there's a distinction between the Father and the Son there's a there's a distinction won't be before you long we got a food truck outside come on with some specialty poutine out there got a bouncy house for the kids somebody's gonna put on some weight today but I'll pray for you that it won't stick. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Fat free in Jesus' name. No. Here we go. So <laughs> I want to jump into this series, Be Free. Be Free. You know, uh, the, the, the book of Galatians uh, was written to, uh, to the Galatians, the church that was in Galatia. Everybody say Galatia. And the, the, it's, this was um, ancient Anatolia ancient anatolia which is now central modern turkey everybody say turkey so it's central modern turkey but it was ancient anatolia and so paul is writing this letter to the galatians and he especially has freedom one more time say freedom and for those who are new here i like you talking back because it just keeps the atmosphere charged and not only that keeps you from falling asleep amen and so look we paul had freedom on his mind and he was concerned about the Galatians because there were individuals who were showing up as what we would call freedom thieves. Anybody, you all don't know about freedom thieves. But there were people who were specifically after their freedom. People who, after they made the decision to trust Christ, were coming to try and get them into a place of bondage. And so Paul is concerned about this because in his apostolic ministry, uh, in other words, as one who founded and planted churches in that region, in Asia Minor, he's one of these people that is, he, his desire is for freedom in their lives. To see them experience what it is that God had died to give them. And so today, today, I believe that although we are not in Galatia, although we are in Toronto, uh, the GTA specifically pickering at this moment, that God is as concerned, I feel this thing, about your freedom as he was for the church of Galatia. I believe that there are many of us that are walking beneath what it is that God has for us and some of you are saved and you're headed to heaven, but you're saved and bound. What use is it to be headed to heaven but not experiencing freedom while you're here on earth? 
Bible declares in John 10, 10, I'm just setting this up, says that Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says that I have come that you would have life. Everybody say life. Life and that more abundantly his desire and i'm not talking just about houses and cars this is in the get rich quick message or something of this nature but i'm even just talking about the fact that there are many of us that don't even have peace god's desire man is not for you to be headed to heaven while you're walking in a place of turmoil how can you be indwelled by the prince of peace but you have turmoil in your life so I came to declare over you today freedom and to encourage you and to call you to walk into everything that God is desirous of having you to walk into. And so this is the backdrop as we jump in, as we jump into this book of Galatians. And there's some things that I love about Paul. Paul's actually my favorite dude in scripture. Uh, he actually wrote two thirds of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible for those who are new to Bible. And, you know, he did so after a extremely radical transformative experience where he was on his way to persecute Christians. And Jesus met him on the road and calls him radically. And as he calls him radically and assigns him, he uses him mightily to go and do great things. And that was similar to my story, even as I was called into ministry. Today actually is 15 years of pastoral ministry for me. Yeah, on September 22nd, 2004, I begun ministry and I was licensed and prepared for ministry. I, I, I feel I'm feeling like an old guy. Uh, but 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 we're gonna hang on to the youth as long as we can right so i love paul because the things i love about paul i, I love his transparency in regards to his struggles he says stuff like he shares with us and you know some people they only like to present to you the good stuff about them they only like you to present to you the things that are going right the things that are going okay but i love that paul shares with us in in uh, in in second corinthians chapter 9 uh chapter chapter 12 rather he shares with us about his weakness and the struggles that he had and the fact that he had a thorn that was in his flesh and the bible makes it clear that he shared not only about his weakness but also the way that god delivered him out of that weakness come on somebody and not only this he also i love his understanding of the gospel his understanding he is the one that renders it so plainly he's the guy that wrote you know for by grace are you saved through faith it's not of works. It's the gift of God. Just in case anybody got it and tried to boast because they got it. He's, he, he's the guy that says, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. He's the guy that wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 and onward. He lists what the gospel is. He gives such a crystal clear definition about the gospel, the euangelion, in the, which is the Greek word of, for gospel, the good news. Somebody say good news. Good news about Jesus, his death. His burial, his resurrection from death. And so I love this. Not only this, I also love his confidence in who he is in Christ. Amen. Paul is somebody that is extremely confident as he's walking. You know, some people, when you try to be confident, they try to talk to you like you just need to humble yourself. But I appreciate the fact that Paul was humble. You can be humble and confident without being prideful. When, you're, when your confidence is not rooted in the flesh... Oh, I'm just trying to set this thing up. But, but his confidence was rooted in his God 
and the good news about Jesus. And so not only this, I also love, I also love his emphasis on freedom in Christ. Paul, if you just look through his writings, which, you know, like I said, two thirds of the New Testament from Romans on down, Paul he writes and he talks about freedom. He emphasizes freedom. He's desirous of seeing people free. And so I love these things about him because these things are especially encapsulated here in the book of Galatians. Everybody say Galatians. So look, you know, I just want to start by just sharing. Can I just be honest, man? Listen, before I met my wife, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that could be, that, this could go really, really wrong when you start a story like that. But we're going to go for it anyway. Amen. And I'm just going to keep looking around her. No, but before I met my wife, you know, there was this, this young lady. I'll never forget. I had just freshly moved to the United States for school. I left. I've been on my own since I was 17, fam. And, you know, so we went to school and I was there in Berrien Springs, Michigan. And there was this young lady that I was attracted to. We started dating. And it was just crazy to me because... After a while, suddenly out of nowhere, she just didn't want to be with me anymore. And it was just so random. Nobody knows the trouble I see. And it was insane to me because she ends up, I'm like trying to figure out because she, she didn't tell me why it was that she didn't want to be with me anymore. But then she goes, and I'm glad she broke up with me because ah, look what I got. But look, she ends up telling my nephew, right, who's in, you know, it's a long story, but he's the same age as me almost, right? But she ends up telling him, you know, you got one of them in your, in your family too. <laughs> Looking at him, don't look at me in that tone of voice. So look, so she ends up telling him uh, that, she ends up telling him that she didn't like me anymore because of my accent. <laughs> Yo, fam, you don't even understand, right? Like when, I, when the man them first went to, 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 to Berrien Springs, Growing up in Scarborough and Malvern, right? She just couldn't get with the Bacardi slang. Like she couldn't deal with it, right? So she apparently, the Bacardi slang was too thick. And she was just like, she literally broke up with me because of the way that I talked. Because of the way that I spoke. And I remember, I, I'm an individual, maybe I'm not the only person here, this is especially what I want to deal with on today. Maybe I'm not the only one who has dealt with insecurity as it pertains to identity. And so when I first got out there and somebody breaks up with me because of the way that I talk, I started, that started a spiral in my life to where I started second guessing myself like, hold on a second, do I got to change my accent to just fit in here? You know, like, because she didn't understand that the reason why I talk the way I talk was because of where I was from. Uh, because I was seasoned with Scarborough. Come on, somebody. I didn't come. Even though I was born in New Jersey, I've lived here since I was one year old. You know I'm always repping Scarborough. And so that's the reason why I talk the way I talk. That's the reason why it got what it got when we, were, when we were dating. But she couldn't handle that. And I started getting to a place where I started questioning myself and started shifting and changing things, which spiraled even, even into a deeper uh, crisis of identity. And then not only this, later down, I started meeting more people who started calling me a mutt. Saying, where are you from? You're from. Your parents from Barbados. Your dad is from Guyana. You're from Scarborough. You're born in New where, where where are you from? You're a mutt. The guy literally called me this. And I started having a challenge as it pertained to my identity. 
Anybody? Am I the only person that's ever struggled as it pertains to identity? Maybe? No? Let me see the hands. If that person is you, don't leave me up here by myself. And so this is a real struggle as it pertains to freedom. Because many of you are bound as it pertains to being who you are. Your life right now, you live to please other people. The job you have, you got it and you went to school to please the parent that wanted you to be dot, dot, dot. Y'all don't want to be real with me. And my parents are here today. Actually, my mom is here. Uh, give them a wave, mommy, please. This, for those who follow my comedy, that's where I get all these bajan sketches from. She's the culprit. But the thing is, right, that my mom and them, they, and I, now I forgot what I was talking about. But the whole idea, you know, they, oh, what I'm saying is I love that my parents were so affirmative and they were so affirming throughout the years. They never tried to force me to be something or do something that I did not want to do. Even though, even to the point where she, my mom is sitting here, my dad's sitting here in the church supporting what God is doing here at Serve City. Come on, somebody. And I'm so grateful through the years to have had that support. But there are freedom thieves. Come and try to steal your freedom as it pertains to your identity. And this is the thing. This is powerful because I, I love how Paul starts this letter. <laughs> he starts the letter the same way that he starts it. Here we just in verse 1. Uh, look, look, look. Look at how he starts it. Verse 1. Look, look at how he starts. The first word, Paul. Everybody say Paul. Paul. He says, Paul. And then he says, an apostle. Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. We find here that Paul is an individual that stated his name as he's getting ready to write this letter to the church at Galatia. And he states his name because he wants it to be known that he knows who he is. Oh my, oh my, oh my. The first step of freedom is knowing who you are. And there are many of us, watch this, he don't say, I'm Apostle Paul. He says, I'm Paul, then I'm an Apostle. And see, the fact of the matter is, the issue is that a lot of us, we've elevated position over personality. And so you find your identity in the position that you're in, as opposed to who you actually are. And so we, we get to the place where we find worth when it is that we get uh, an, an elevation on our job. That position as we go up, we think that that makes us. The amount of money that we make. Come on somebody. Or the things that you're in, the situations you're in. But how many of you know that you who you are is not what you do? So look, can I give you point number one? Because we got to get out here and eat, get out of here and eat poutine and jump in bouncy houses. Point number one, here it is, it's going to be on the screens for you. Don't allow your position to make you forget who you are. I don't know where you're at. This goes for good or bad. 
because there are many of you you used to be a servant you used to operate in and have a servant's heart you used to be generous but then as soon as you got a certain position then you too good for everybody you looking down your nose you the best thing since sliced bread you don't want to be real with me and you start treating people crazy the fact of the matter is that elevation should not cause you to have amnesia about who you are you shouldn't forget that before you're an apostle before you're a pastor before you're a banker before you're a president come on before you are your name even bad stuff because there are many of you you right now are in financial crisis and you've taken that on as your identity you might be in sickness and so now because you've dealt with sickness or you've dealt with tragedy or crisis you're in a place now where you've taken that on and you have lost who you are because of the position of sickness that you're in but I showed up to tell you today that your position is not your identity and I love that we see the apostle Paul that he starts this by saying that he knows who he is and so not only this, but then we see as we stay in this verse that Paul, he says his name, Paul, but then he goes on and says an apostle. In other words, he is confident in his calling. He's confident in his calling. So he knows who he is first, but then now he's also confident in who God has called him to be. Are you still with me? Can I just milk the text today? Look, look, look. So, so he was confident in his calling. An apostle, for those who are wondering what an apostle is, in general, it means someone who is sent. Everybody say, a sent one. And the original apostles that walked with Jesus, the founding apostles, they were, they were people who walked with Christ. There were 12 of them. One of them was a waste youth, and he went and, you know, betrayed him. Scarborough just comes out every now and again, right? And then not only this, but then they went and casted lots and Matthias was an addition. And then we find Paul later down the line as he refers to himself as one born out of due time. So the original apostles walked with Christ. Apostles were uh, who the church was founded upon. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, you can write it down, check it out later, talks about how the church was founded upon apostles and prophets and Christ is the cornerstone. And I love it because, see, note this, it doesn't just say that the church, I'm sorry for those who decide to worship those who are in apostolic positions and offices and things of this nature. No, 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 baby. The fact is that Christ is the cornerstone. In carpentry and when you're building and bricklaying, the cornerstone is the first stone that is set. And every other thing in the house, in terms of the bricks that are laid, are determined by that cornerstone and so christ christ though we are co-laborers with christ and so the apostles were individuals who the, the church was initially founded upon and not only this but post christ and post the what is known as the apostolic era when the apostles were actually walking on the earth this gift and this office still exists and there are many people who are scared to say stuff like this because of some weird guy uh, late on a telemercial that's selling you some, you know, some anointing oil and some sackcloth that he put in his drawers for three days. Y'all don't want to. You, you know you've seen those telemercials late night. Send me your $5,000 seed. And I'm going to send you this anointed myrrh of Jesus that came out of the manger when he was born. You know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And so people are scared of these things. But these are still legit offices that are needed. Now, apostle, the apostolic office, especially in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and onward, as Paul says he's an apostle, they are responsible for church governance and order. So the apostolic office, it differs from the pastor. The pastor is just local. However, the apostolic office, and there's not much teaching on this, and I think it's important for us to understand this. It's one that has to do with governance. It's one that has to do with mentorship and raising up of leaders, sons and daughters in the gospel. Also, as it pertains to church planting, Paul planted churches all throughout the world as they knew it at that time and supported church planting in that regard. And so this, uh, this office was important, and Paul, he stood in there. But the thing is this, Paul's apostleship was in question because of his past and his process. This is, this is the thing. The thing is, because Paul, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. And so when he got saved and he started to operate as an apostle, people are like, you're not really an apostle. You're a bootleg apostle because you used to be one that persecuted Christians. You ever been in a position where your identity is challenged because the reason why your identity is challenged because people won't you you've gotten rid of your past, but people won't you let you let go of your past. And they keep throwing it. This is one of the issues. This is why Paul, as he's getting ready to stand and declare about freedom to the church of, of, at Galatia, he is standing in an apostolic office to set things in order. And he makes it clear, I am confident. I know you don't believe me because of what I did in the past. I know you don't believe me because of my process, because he was on his road to Damascus. The Bible makes it clear. And he got knocked off of his horse and he meets Jesus right there. But the people that around, you know, were in this moment where they were not experiencing what he was experiencing. So people be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just like when Mary was impregnated. Sure, you got pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Because when your process is different or your process doesn't line up to everybody else. Sometimes people will challenge your identity and challenge your calling. Who's with me on today? I just, I showed up to encourage somebody. Your Paul stands in an as an example to let us know that no matter what people say about your past or no matter what they say about your process, it don't matter how you got saved, whether it was in somebody's bed that was not your husband or your wife, whether it was in the back of a car, come on, whether it was in a church building, whether it was while you was walking down the street, don't matter how you got saved, doesn't matter how you got call the most important thing I just felt that thing the most important thing is that you've been saved and you've been called and you've been empowered and if Jesus called me come on that's what matters the most and I can be used so his apostolic his apostleship is in question can I give you point number two I'm almost done here it is point number two say give it to me if I can give it to you look don't let your past or your process keep you from grasping your calling. I just believe so many of you as it pertains to your identity, you are in a challenge right now because of your past, because of the things that you have done and because of the people who are freedom thieves that keep throwing it at you. Remember when, remember when you did, remember how you did this, even the folk that you did it with show up suddenly. Come on, somebody. You just walking through the mall. I just feel this on me right now. You just were walking through the mall and you just saw them. I was in church one time. And I was sitting there and the pastor said, the pastor said, turn around and greet your neighbor. And I had no clue in this church full of 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that when I turned around, it was, it was an ex-girlfriend of mine. And my wife and her start engaging in conversation and she got to the place where she ended up exchange, almost, did you exchange? I think they exchanged numbers and I'm sitting down off the corner like, babe. <laughs> but how in the world do you tell her that the person you finna be the best friend with is some, y'all don't wanna be real with me. They show, they'll show up in church. Sometimes when you drive down streets, can I just keep it real on this morning? When you drive down streets, when you talk to people, somebody, people be slipping in your DMs and reminding you about all the things that you used to do. And that's why you're not walking in your calling. But I just showed up to declare freedom to about a hundred of y'all this morning to let you know that whom, hey, whom the son has set free, that's Bible, is free indeed. It don't matter what you've done. If any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away all things because I believe it's brother Paul that said forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus so don't let your past or your process I don't care if you got to go back to school now when you're 75 ah uh, God can still do something through you through at, the, at 75 years old. God still has a plan. God still has a purpose for your life above a certain age. Don't think, come on, Sarah and Abraham. The Bible makes it clear they were past childbearing age to be able to birth a child that would literally give birth to nations. And we are standing in Christianity today because of that child that was born miraculously to people who were over the hill. That should make some of y'all nervous. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I'm coming down for a close. I want you to understand this though. Peep this. The important thing is that Paul understood how to talk about himself and to brand himself in context. So he branded himself appropriately. Here he calls himself an apostle. Right? Paul, so his identity is straight an apostle then he goes on and he says in books like for example in romans in the book of romans he says paul a servant of god so when he he knows what to brand himself as in different contexts it's a part it's an issue when you and i operate in an ambidextrous manner where we think that one of the the one thing it works in every single context are you with me but he goes and he knows how to do this. For example, I remember I was in the grocery store one time and I walked up to somebody and I just said, hey, and I, I don't know, they came to me and, and it, was, it, was, it was just random. They came to me. I said, hi, my name is Andrew. And he's going to look at me and tell me I'm Deacon Johnson. I'm like, child, we in the grocery store. You don't have to be Deacon Johnson in the bread aisle. Especially when I introduce myself to you as Andrew and you're going to look at me and tell me you're Deacon Johnson. And this is the thing because when people don't understand how y'all don't think I'm joking, you think I'm joking. No, this is seriously like even for myself as a comedian. If you go to my page, I celebrated over 10,000 followers. Hey, I'm so excited about it. Gabri Comedy, shameless plug on Instagram. <laughs> Bajan Comedy. But look, the thing is this. I'm not on there as a pastor. And it's crazy because the calling follows no matter where you go. I'm out here making jokes and talking crazy. And people are in my inbox prophesying. I see you being a globetrotter. I see you going around the world and God has a plan for you. I'm like, they, they don't even have a clue who I am. 
but I'm branding myself as a comedian. When you brand yourself as a comedian, in that context, it is what it is, right? And so we have to know how to brand, to brand ourselves. You know, it, I would never make my wife, and I know people make, they are, they, they are pastors and they make their wife call them pastor. And their kid, so you'd be walking around and they'd be talking about, they can't say my husband. They got to say, they, in this position where they're, where they're talking, where they're talking to one another, she'd be talking to her husband, calling her husband pastor and they in the house. It's like, that would never happen in my house. <laughs> but it's understanding where you are and how, yo, I was that guy when I first got saved, I used to wear a collar everywhere. I thought, especially when I was crossing the border and stuff, I thought it would give me like some favorite border patrol. So I, I'd always have it zippered up in my jacket and I'd, put, I'd zipper it down. Like my, like my fire uniform or my police uniform. Yup, I'm clergy. Uh, I'm on my way to do the Lord's work. Amen. Let me through. No passport. <laughs> and it never worked. Amen. But the point is, that I always, you, I, was, I would do this and, it, you know, and it's, you have to know how to be a pro. So he says, Paul, an apostle, because he's getting ready to deal with them in an apostolic manner as it pertains to order and challenging them as it pertains to their freedom. But then I'm going to end on this note. I hope this is blessing you. Because look, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man. But through Jesus Christ. Remember I told you his confidence is, is rooted in Christ? Through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me. And so he greets them on behalf of those who are with him. But he starts by saying that his calling is not of men. But it's through Jesus. It's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in God the Father. It's rooted in the gospel and their mission. This is, this is so powerful. Because, because he understands. This is why he can walk in confidence. Because he is rooted in Christ and the gospel. Here it is. Can I give you point number three? And this is the thing because we need to understand. Well, here, here it is. Remember the source of your calling. Look at somebody. That's good enough to tell them, tell your neighbor, tell them, remember the source of your calling. If you are saved and if you are called to operate and if you're saved, you're called because every believer is called to be a minister, to tell the good news about Jesus. And many of you, because of people in your life, uh, you have been hindered by this freedom thieves. And I want to tell you this because this is important. This is important for you to understand that the fact is you have to remember the source of your calling. Sometimes God allows people to fail you so that they can't take the credit for his calling on your life. And there's some of you that are mad that that relationship didn't work. Listen, baby, I am shouting about stuff that God did not allow to work in my life. And I was boohooing. I wonder if I got two or three witnesses. I was boohooing when it didn't work. And I'm like, oh, God, I wish this happened. I wish. But in retrospect, I realized that he was saving me. Woo. Somebody ought to give God praise in this moment for the closed doors in your life. And so God... God in this position, man, I remember that I told you I celebrated 15 minute years of ministry today. And the fact of the matter is, you know, as I think about it, when I first got started, I'll never forget, I went to an individual, I'm not going to call his name, but the Lord had put this passion and this fire in my heart. He had radically changed me, radically 
radically done stuff in my life. Well, I, one day I'll share that with you. Or if you're here, you probably have heard some of my testimony already and what God did. And that's why I've been pastoring since I was 19 years old because of the craziness that God did in my life. And as I, as I'm looking this, I went to this individual, somebody that I thought that I could look up to and respected in that moment. And he, when I told him this about the calling that God had on my life, he prophesied to me. He told me some, you know, and you know, West Indian people, they always have to have some sort of a story to tell you. They're not going to give you a straight answer. In many cases, they're going to tell you a parable. There was a young boy. And he was riding his bike down the hill. And it's exactly the type of story. I'm just adding the Bajan accent. And he, he, and he said, the boy used to ride the bike down the hill. And there used to be a, 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 a trough that he would jump off the hill and jump into the, uh, into the water, right? And he said to me, every, he would do this all the time. And suddenly out of nowhere, when he went to jump off the hill into the trough, they had filled it with cement. And so when he went off, he broke his neck and died. <laughs> this is what he told me when I told him I was called to ministry. <laughs> I am not kidding you dead serious that's what he told me and i left there feeling discouraged i left there feeling like what in the world you, you think i was encouraged by that yay i can just go charge hell with my super soaker and we're gonna win no it was like i felt like it was the end of the road and the fact of the matter is that even though he did this and he discouraged me oh my i'm so glad that i didn't let that discouragement stop me None of y'all would be sitting in here. The over 170 people who have made decisions for Christ here at Serve City Church in just two years wouldn't be saved if I let that dude stop me or discourage me. But my calling is not rooted in a man. Come on, my calling, it don't mean that I don't need people. We need affirmation, but we need the affirmation of the right people. And if God has called you, come on, if he has called you, if he has put you in a place where he has called you to reach people for his glory and to be on mission for him, don't let anyone discourage you. Because if people appoint you, they can disappoint you. But when God calls you, he's a God that will, hey, that will never leave you or forsake you. If this message bless you, go ahead and give the Lord some praise in this moment.